Alright everybody, welcome to episode 25 of NPC Talk. My name is Inkernot, and today is September 27, 2015. And today I am here with another recurring guest. Oh man, what episode was he from? I was at the pretty close to the beginning. That's my claim to fame. I was like five or six, maybe. Oh my gosh, episode six. Yeah. yeah. Six of 25. Soon to be six of like 200. I know. The oh internet famous. It's uh, NPC talk is really uh, moving forward and I'm really excited to see where it heads. Yeah, but, it's because you're putting a lot of good work into it. Oh, you're so cute. <laughs> um, for the viewers who don't remember, this is Nathan from episode six. Hello, Nathan. Hi, Chris. <laughs> Hello. Um, let's see. In NPC Talk News, I went to a Smash tournament last weekend, HTC Throwdown in San Francisco, and I got destroyed. I won three and lost two. Which it was all those brackets the whole way. Uh, Leffen won that tournament, but you know it was a good experience, and I want to get back into it. So that's a bigger win rate, right? Even yeah. though you you said you got destroyed, but you won more than you lost. Yeah, I I usually go two and two. Uh, uh, yeah, so yeah, that's an improvement. Yeah, I actually like I improved a lot like throughout the day just because I was playing so much. I was like, like get warmed up. Yeah, I was like just picking things up just because I'm playing so much. So, pretty exciting. That ain't Falco. <laughs> that ain't Falco. <laughs> yes, uh, I I am a Falco main, so that it definitely was Falco. <laughs> um, uh, was that picture that you uh, shared of Mango? I didn't recognize him. I had um, uh, the one I sent yeah to you guys was with me and Mango. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. And then I had one with Ken, the King of Smash. Oh, wow. Is, was he the Marth player? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, oh. he, plays, he plays now. He, he just came back, like, last year. Out of retirement? Yeah. He's, a, he's, like, a lot more casual, but, you know, he's still, like, super good. Uh, but it sounds like a really cool event. Yeah, it was a, it's considered a one-day national, so I had a lot of the big rigs there. How many people would you say were there? Um, 500 attended. Holy moly. I think only 300 played, though. Like, 200 spectators, you know? And were you able to register without any proof of skill level? Yeah, they just don't see me. I just get put in, like, a random pool. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, one day, I'm going to be put in a random pool, and then I'm just going to destroy everyone. Make your way to the top via the underdog story. Who is this unknown? Oh, that's my dream. I want to be, like, the... (laughs) Who is this Incronaut guy? (laughs) (laughs) And he plays Falco, such a non-standard character. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I think my viewers will be very excited. I spent most, no, I spent all of my morning and a, and a little bit of my afternoon today, but I beat Bravely Default, finally. Yay, congratulations. Thank you. I'm so Is that going to be a Parker episode? Oh, yeah. Me, Parker, um... And Roger and Anthony, I think, all want to be in that one. Awesome. Yes. But for tonight, we are talking about one of one of my, I would say, one of my favorite competitive games, although it's a little non-standard, Pokemon PvP. Yeah. Yes. Nathan, you are 
the resident expert. You are you are the person Say I it. know. Who Say I'm the resident Pokemon master. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where is he going with this? Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> um, Pokemon PvP. What? What the heck? Um, I know you talked about it a little bit in your top three interview, but uh, do you want to kick us off? How did Pokemon PvP kind of start? Um, well, it started with link cables. <laughs> if you recall, uh, hooking up your two absolutely giant Game Boy colors and uh, then battling your friends with your Pokemon. Uh, and for our group, that usually entailed, um, and still kind of entails, a long period of excitement about eventually making a team to battle, and then uh, training all your Pokemon, catching which ones you want, and spending like a good month trying to get a team together, and then having the enthusiasm kind of burn out <laughs> halfway through, and never actually fight each other. Uh, <laughs> Because on Cartridge, um, making the best team of Pokemon, meaning maxing out their levels and doing all the little tricks to get your Pokemon uh, whipped up into shape, takes a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, especially in recent generations where you have to involve breeding, which we'll touch on later. Uh, so, uh, battling on Cartridge is the original person versus person Pokemon. And I think it's, it definitely um, aided in Pokemon's uh, popularity and rise in popularity. Uh, just because, like I mentioned in my episode a long time ago, having games that you can involve other people and your friends are really the games that give you the most enjoyment mm -hmm. or give me the most enjoyment. So Pokemon had this amazing single player going and battling all the gym leaders and catching them all. But you could also trade with friends. They actually created two versions of the game to force you to trade with friends. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you could also fight your friends. Um, and so throughout the years, there's been more convenient ways to fight your friends. Now we've got DS, so you can do it wirelessly without your link cable. You can do it over Wi-Fi. Um, nowadays, with the most recent generations, you can battle people all across the world, which is really fun. And what we'll eventually talk about today is uh, a specific community online who's created their own emulator, Pokemon emulator, that skips all the single-player stuff, every single part of Pokemon that you think of uh, when you play Pokemon, and allows you to completely customize a team um, down to whether you want your team full of shinies, uh, <laughs> what items, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And in less than five minutes, you can have a full team of the rarest Pokemon you want, level 100, and fight people online, uh, which is what I uh, no longer do, but still spend a lot of time catching up on because I think it's a really cool subset of the yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this community that made uh that made Pokemon PvP and like the emulator and stuff. So they're the um that's kinda like where most of the competitive Pokemon players go towards, right? 
Yeah, yeah, I believe so. There's also a really neat YouTube community. Oh, you really? Look up. Yeah, you can look up people who I think um, mainly battle with cartridge, meaning they use the game, and then they search out other popular YouTube Pokemon uh, battlers, and they'll record and put up commentary, whether it's live commentary or analysis after the fact. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not able, off the top of my head, to think of any specific names for you to search, um, but if you just go on YouTube look up Pokemon Wi-Fi battling, uh, you'll see... And, and the really neat thing with the DS games is that they can port the image of their screen up to their computer, load it up to your, their computer so you can watch the battle take place. Right. Uh, so it's really visually pleasing. And then, of course, they do the Let's Play thing, and they put their face in the bottom left-hand corner so you can see their reactions to getting destroyed, <laughs> which is always fun. Uh, yeah, but for those people who don't do YouTube, um, there's a I know there's a tournament realm um, mm. that follows uh, Game Freak's rules, and then there's a website called Smogon, which I, I think I mentioned in the first episode as well, mm-hmm. uh, that uses the emulator that I talked about, and uh, that's where I mainly that's where I started when I played. And that's the website I, I go back and check um, every once in a while just to see how they're doing over there. Is uh is Game Freak's rules different from Smogon's, like drastically, or? Uh, the thing about Game Freak is that they, because they're concentrated on making the game, and mm-hmm. this was something I was going to get into later, but I'll just touch on it right now. When you think of competitive games nowadays uh, you think of uh, competitive companies too like Blizzard who are while people complain about it really receptive to um, community critique Right. and um, if you ever played Warcraft if you've played Diablo um, if there's enough crying on the forums <laughs> then they will change things and they, they're really open to that and Game Freak has never been that company because that wasn't really their goal going into it. They just mm-hmm. wanted to make fun games, and this competitive uh, Pokemon came up, kind of came up out of their game um, accidentally. And so they make very little attempt to balance their game compared to other companies. Right, right. Um, and they also take kind of a strange stance on what uh, you would think when you think competitive Pokemon. So for those listeners who aren't aware, even if you've ever played Pokemon once, you know that you have a team of six individual Pokemon. Right. So to most people, you would think, oh, Game Freak, when they have um, tournaments and they have people play against each other, that would be the classic mode, is each player has six Pokemon and you Mm -hmm. just fight six Pokemon. Yeah. Um, And that's not the case. And I haven't done any research as to why but um, their most popular competitive mode that Game Freak kind of um, encourages are double battles. Really? Uh, yeah, where you, where you have, I, I don't remember if it's a full six team, but uh, it's, and again, if you, if you stop playing Pokemon towards the first generations, uh, they didn't have this feature, but two Pokemon will come out on your side and two Pokemon will come out on the other side. 
for your opponent. And um, it just totally changes the the feel of it. Yeah, I'm not pleased about it personally. And even if you do want to fight just, okay, one Pokemon per side, let's simplify it. You, Their game mode is, and this is true if you play um, using their Wi-Fi, you get to see all six of your opponent's Pokemon that he's bringing in a preview. But then seeing those six, you choose three of yours and your opponent chooses three of theirs. So it ends up being a 3v3. Right. Um, and you can play some mind games doing that using you know the three Pokemon that you aren't going to be playing with. You can put some uh, tricky ones in there. But again, it's just not it's not what you would have imagined. Right. And so when I'm going to be talking about competitive during this episode, I'll be referring to this um, emulator style, which is uh, a term called uh, overused for OU, which this website Smogon has created a set of rules and picked out the best, most competitive Pokemon without being overpowered and then you choose six, your opponent chooses six, and you just go at it. Right, right. Um, and so, okay. Ooh, you said a lot. Awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just, like, that's, that's also going to be the feel for this episode. That if you, if you don't find Pokemon <laughs> even like <laughs> at least a little bit interesting, then this might be a long episode. For you. But I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best to explain why you should find Pokemon interesting, even though it's a game that you would think would be for kids, and it was for kids. Um, game Freak again accidentally created an environment that really um, lended itself to being a competitive game. Yeah, and um, as someone who's dabbled in Pokemon PvP a little bit, like I think it's really exciting. So you know, there's that. <laughs> there, there, <laughs> listeners. You are already bored. You're <laughs> wrong. You are wrong. <laughs> um, doesn't so I was gonna ask, doesn't Game Freak use level fifties in my Yeah, that's true too. That's, that's so true. Weird. Good point. And I again haven't done any research, so I don't know why they chose to do that. Maybe my only guess is remember how I said earlier we would get really excited for the first month and start training up our Pokemon and Getting Pokemon to 100 takes a long, long ass time. So eventually, maybe Game Freak did take note, and now uh, you only have to get them up to level 50, which is much quicker. And even if they're above level 50, they'll um, automatically recap you down to 50 when yeah. you're whenever you're playing people. So odd. I don't know. It is. It is. Um, and there's a lot of things that you'll find that Game Freak does. Uh, that don't make sense competitively, which again is why you just have to realize that that's not their interest, it's never been their interest, and so uh, that's why this community was needed to kind of curtail and customize the rules to make it into a fun competitive game. Mm And so Smogon, right, I think it's, yeah, Smogon.com. Still up. Um, yeah, they have a, so you're, you're saying they have a, a tier system, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, and just really quick, I'll, I'll go into um, basically what they've done is they've kept true to all of the um, coding and, and framework of the Pokemon games. Uh, and they've, using a democratic voting system, decided which Pokemon are just absurdly powerful, which Game Freak has added into their games as legendaries. Right. Uh, so people who have played um, even one Pokemon game will know that Mewtwo was the, the first really legendary Pokemon. There's only one of them. And uh, it's just better <laughs> than most other Pokemon. <laughs> and so if you're trying to create uh, a varied uh, competitive environment, having one Pokemon that everyone's going to pick because it's the best just doesn't work very well. Right. So they've created different tiers of how good Pokemon are. And the very top tier is called Uber. Mm -hmm. And these are the most of your legendary Pokemon that uh, you can still play with these guys. But if you play with any one of them on your team, then you're going to be playing other people who use Ubers on their team. Right. And this is true of every tier. The, whatever the top tier guy you have on your team, that's the tier that you're going to be playing in. Mm -hmm. So those Ubers, overused, which is the main competitive one. I'm going to be using the word competitive a lot this episode. <laughs> main one, and I think it goes underused, yeah. rarely used, never used. Um, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's right. Uh, and um, and for people who get tired of any one of those tiers, they can switch to another one, see a whole bunch of brand new Pokemon that you wouldn't see otherwise, um, and have a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so you can, you can, so like if you're an OU, you can use like, you know, UU Pokemon or NU Pokemon, but, you know, you just be in the OU tier. Cause, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, um, so... I wanted to kind of go into just some of the quick uh, rule differences between Smogon and Game Freak. Um, so I know besides like the whole level 100 and stuff, um, the community did a really good job of kind of trying to minimize the, you know, random number generators and kind of the really silly mechanics that are in, um, in the system. Mm -hmm. And so they... So Smogon has some, like, uh, I guess, some custom rules to keep the game kind of a little more fresh. Um, I'll, I'll name off a couple, and then I guess you can kind of add on to it. Uh, I know that they, like, they can, you only can have one of each Pokemon, so you can't have, like, six Mewtwo's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that'd be so silly. There's only one. I just went over this, Chris. There's <laughs> only one Mewtwo. <laughs> Well then, what's up with this team? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I give up. I surrender. Um, you can only have, uh, I believe, one Pokemon asleep at a time, and I, I don't know about the other statuses. Yeah, it's just sleep, sleep clause, uh, because there are. There's a move called Spore, which is a hundred percent chance that you'll set the other Pokemon asleep. Um, and so every team would just have uh, a spore or, and you could just 
put your entire enemy team asleep and win the game that way. Right. So again, something that that Game Freak would obviously didn't think all the way through when they made the sleep mechanic, and so someone else thought it through for them. <laughs> yeah, and so they have like uh, no evasion stuff. Yeah, yeah. They they've kind of and and the neat thing is as um, different generations happen they'll tweak the rules a little bit hmm. so there's certain evasion abilities that used to be illegal and they're now legal because of, of changes that have happened over the generations oh no uh, way i didn't know that so one of them was um it had to do it was an ability that a pokemon had that when a weather effect was in play which was added i think generation three or four mm-hmm. um you would gain evasion, so right. other people's moves can miss. And eventually, Game Freak did listen, and they nerfed weather, because uh, weather effects would just be endless. Something would bring up a sandstorm, bring up rain, and it would last the rest of the the, uh, the battle. Yeah. So they changed that to, it only lasts five turns now. And so the community decided, well, weather is no longer endless, Let's um, let's allow this ability to be legal now. It's not quite as overpowered anymore. Huh? That's awesome. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a fluid system. Yeah. And again, all all based on people voting about what they think is fair. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, and so for those of you who know Pokemon, we're talking about Sandstorm and Sandvale. So uh, yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. So. Let's pretend for a sec, and or maybe you don't need to pretend because it's true. Let's pretend I'm a Pokemon scrub, <laughs> um, and I don't know anything. And so the first thing I would think of is, you know, Pokemon PvP, isn't that really kind of boring? Like, you know, wouldn't you always just pick, you know, Charmander, Squirtle, and Bulbasaur and just, like, I don't know, <laughs> rotate between the three or, like, something? I don't know. Like, that just seems so silly. Like, what what makes Pokemon, like interesting more than just like throwing out a pokemon and then doing a water type move with squirtle you know what chris i am so glad you asked (laughs) let me tell you (laughs) Uh, so yeah for for pokemon scrubs out there who have played uh, maybe the first or second generation back in middle school elementary school it did seem like a um, like a deceptively simple game, mm-hmm. uh, and you may have thought that Charmander was the best Pokemon in the game because uh, it's the starter that everyone wanted. <laughs> uh, but you were wrong. Up until recently, when they introduced uh, a new mechanic called Mega Evolutions, and now Charmander is the best Pokemon in the game again. <laughs> No way, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, pretty much, pretty much. Uh, so, um, I came up with a little uh, outline to talk about uh, what you probably know about Pokemon, and then some of the things that you might not have known mm-hmm. that make it such a cool game, um, a cool, complex game. Uh, so, if you first start playing Pokemon, you know... Um, their uh, main 
shtick is types, different Pokemon types. Yeah. And um, the big three that you, all games still use for their starters are fire, water, and grass. Mm-hmm. And they make this cool kind of triangle where one is weak to the other, one is strong against the other, et cetera, et cetera. No matter what you pick, your rival is going to pick the type that is strong against yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what does it mean exactly to be strong or weak against something? Um, those are just attack modifiers that get added in. So when you use a type of move, so a fire type move, uh, and it's against a grass, you're using a move with a certain amount of base attack points. So let's say, uh, oh, I would not say tackle, because there's no fire tackle. Uh, so let's say ember. And I forgot exactly what it is, but let's say it's 60 base attack points. Use ember against a grass. It's super effective. No way. Which is, which is such a great way. Oh, man. That's like, that saying has made its way into uh, popular uh, culture, I think. Yeah. Super effective. Uh, (laughs) Which means that the damage is, oh my gosh, I believe it's doubled. Yeah. Absolutely. It is doubled? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Um, Damage is doubled uh, versus it's not very effective. Use fire against water. That damage is half. So Ember would be doing 120 base damage or 30 base damage. Or if it's neutral, it's going to be the 60. Um, And um, so that's what typing is. And there are now 18 different types of Pokemon. Hmm. They've added three, I think only three, since the beginning, which is really impressive if you you think about it. There's been so many generations um, and so I won't go through all of them, but the three most recent that they added, um, and this might have been, I believe that even though I said Game Freak doesn't care about balance, I think sometimes they add some of these types in to balance it out. So the most recent was called a fairy type, and that was in regards to uh, dragon type being just really, really strong. Um, and so they created this fairy type that dragon moves don't even work against it. They're completely immune to it. Um, and yeah. in that way, they kind of balance the game a little. Mm-hmm. So I'll give them some credit for that. So anyway, you have your types. Um, so uh, fire type, like we were talking about, uses ember. Why do I care if um, my Pokemon is a fire type uh, if all the moves have different types? So uh, a fire-type Pokemon might have a move that is actually rock-type. Mm-hmm. Why does it matter what type my guy is? He can learn a whole bunch of different stuff. Why uh, does it matter, Professor? Uh, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, this is, this is, I'm going through the basics, but this is one that um, I actually wasn't completely aware of when I first was playing Pokemon. That's yeah. called same-type attack bonus, which... Mm. If in short, the, the acronym is STAB. Mm-hmm. And if you are a fire type and you use the same type move, you get a 1.5 attack modifier. Um, so if we add it all together, Charmander uses Ember. 
60 base, but it's a stab, goes up to 90, super effective, 180. Um, and that's how basically how Pokemon works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you've got your typing. I already mentioned it, but you got your move pool. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is more important than, than people think. Um, and there are some Pokemon that their competitiveness is completely based upon their move pool. Yeah. Um, and uh, Game Freak did a really good job, for the most part, of sitting down and saying, because all their, all their Pokemon are based off of real animals, and, and saying, which Pokemon does it make sense for them to learn these moves? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I looked it up, really hoping to, to make fun of Game Freak. I was hoping that there was one Pokemon out there that learned Double Slap that didn't have hands. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and it is not true. Every Pokemon that knows the move Double Slap has at least one hand. <laughs> that he can, even with one, just hit him, hit him twice with the same hand. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so the only one I found that really didn't make a ton of sense uh, was there's a bull Pokemon named Tauros mm-hmm. that you can surf on. Uh, <laughs> you can surf with Tauros? Yeah, yeah, but even that, I was, I was like, yeah, I can make fun of Game Freak, but uh, you know, bulls. I'm pretty sure cows swim, so you could probably ride a cow for a certain amount of time uh, and surf on him. So <laughs> it's not even that. Part. Like a water buffalo or something. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> That's it. That's why Game Freak gave Toro surf. <laughs> He's a water buffalo. You're a genius. <laughs> Um, so I, I wanted to bring up an example of a Pokemon that if you play the first generation you would probably know and that is Clefable mm-hmm. um, in the same uh, family as Jigglypuff I mean they don't evolve into each other but Jigglypuff, Wigglypuff uh, Clefairy they're all little normal types um, and was pretty unremarkable yeah. Clefable is now one of the most competitive best Pokemon in the game. <laughs> uh, I believe right now she's ranked at S class. Wow. Which is <laughs> above and there's like four or five other Pokemon that share that. Um, and Clefable from the first generation uh, is really not that impressive stat wise. So that's something I'll touch on really quick in a second here. Mm-hmm. Um, not that impressive stat-wise, uh, but has great typing in Fairy. They just changed that. Um, and an incredible move pool. And so there's just so many different variations that you can use for your four moves that this Pokemon is um, unpredictable, which makes it competitive um, and just can fill a lot of different roles. Yeah. And uh, I just really wanted to emphasize what adding the fairy type did for the for the Pokemon meta, because um, before when dragon types were like the the bomb, like everyone had a dragon type or two in their team because yeah. dragons are so broken. Yeah. Um. Pretty much like, and when I created a team, 
I would focus on not only having dragons on my team, but also having ice moves. Because ice moves were dragons, like, pretty much only weakness besides other dragon moves. Yeah. And so ice moves became, like, a lot more important on your team. And so Pokemon who were normally, like, not that great would all of a sudden be used a lot more because they had, like, a really sick, you know, avalanche or something. So Yeah. Yeah, now I don't I don't know how the tiers have moved. I'm sure Obama 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 Snow. Thanks, Obama Snow. <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, Obama Snow got a lot worse because Ice isn't as good, but I don't know. Uh he was already pretty bad, so He's bad. Um not for the reason that Ice as an attack move got worse. Oh. Ice is still one of the best attacks moves in the game or attack types in the game rather Mm. however it's balanced by being one of the worst defensive types in the game so it's really good to use as an attack but defensively there's a lot of things that are super effective against it and a lot of common moves that are super common type moves that are super effective against it um so yeah um fairy is definitely meta defining and having just a single type, which I forgot to mention, but eventually they allowed for Pokemon to have two different types, yeah. um, which affects their defensive capabilities, as well as gives them two different kinds of stab moves they can use. Uh, but Clefairy, or Clable, rather, uh, is a just one type, monotype fairy, Really good defensively, really good offensive, great move pool. Um, conversely, we've got a Pokemon that I think it was Generation 5 is a legendary called Kyurem? Kyurem? I didn't play this game, so I, I'm not sure exactly how it's pronounced. Is it like Kyrogu or something like that? Kyrogu is the big water Fish. guy. Oh, this what do you... guy is, um, is a dragon. He's actually... Um, Dragon slash Ice. What? Oh. Hmm. Ayurim Black is the name. And Parker knows a little bit more about this uh, generation because he played it. But it's got um, base stats that are just astronomical. Uh, Compared to most other Pokemon, it's just more powerful in every single way. (laughs) Uh, However, it is one of the few legendaries that is allowed in the OU tier. Hmm. And that is because its best stat is its attack. And it's got, again, one of the highest base stats for attack in the whole um, game. But it has maybe two moves that are physical type. (laughs) And so people are forced to use this huge beast of a guy and use its much lower special attack uh, and use it as a special sweeper, which I'll get into some of that jargon later. Uh, but it just goes to show you how move pool really makes or breaks what your Pokemon can do. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's still really good, because he's, again, his base stats um, are some of the best. And how funny uh, that... Oh, shoot. I was gonna say how funny that you uh, transitioned into base stats, but that was me just talking to myself. <laughs> so so you could, you're like, oh, so, speaking of base speaking stats. Speaking of base stats. Oh. Uh, so, again, this is something that if you played the games, 
uh, it was really satisfying because you would send your guy out, uh, defeat a wild Pokemon, and uh, you'd level up from two to three. You know, you now have a level three Pidgey. Um, and there was a little box that showed up that showed how each of your stats improved. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I always thought that was one of the most satisfying parts of a game. It's seeing, uh, like, oh, I gained four, four stats in attack, or like, that's huge, or I'm going to totally destroy <laughs> other Pidgeys. <now. laughs> um, so really quick, different stats. You've got attack, special attack, defense, special defense, speed, and your HP, how much life you have. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is what makes Pokemon, aside from the fact that they've got different pictures, this is what makes all of them unique, is that Game Freak has given them different base stats in each of these uh, categories. So you'll have some Pokemon have a ton of HP and not much else, some that are super fast but really frail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, this is what makes, this is one of the reasons that um, Pokemon is able to be uh, competitive games because you've got all these unique guides, um, different base stats, different move pools, different types, and you can see how now there's over 700. We talked about it in the last episode. Uh, you can make a lot of different combinations for a team of six yeah, um, and have a lot of fun with it. Uh, so Kairurim, which I'm going to struggle with every time I say his name, um, if you add up all of his base stats, he's got a total of 700 points Ooh. in his base stats. Um, and uh, I think the average amount, some of the starters, when you, they're fully evolved, so Charizard, they come out to like 500 at the max, maybe a little lower. Jeez. And so Hyurim, again, has this huge, exceptional base stats, but he's not as good as you think it would be. But Fable, that is right now S-class above Kyurem in competitiveness, has 473 total base stats. Oh, wow. So over 200 less than this other guy, and yet is used way more often, is way better. So it's just one of the factors that makes a Pokemon good or not good. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, so without these, without these stats, Pokemon would just be different pictures with Which different would, names. Yeah, it'd still be kind of cool, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, if I ha- say I have, like, one Charmander and yeah. you have one Charmander, are our Charmanders exactly the same besides Moofpool? They're not. And that, that gets into... This see this one you helped me on the transition. Thank <laughs> I was supposed to be the, the Pokemon noob, and then you were supposed to educate the 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 noobish. I'll be your professor Oak any day. <laughs> Thanks, professor. Smell <laughs> you later. Um, so um, this is starts to get into the realm of no longer obvious and basic. Yeah. So again, if you played Pokemon on the cartridge 
and you just took it for what it is, um, you would think, okay, you've got different types, you've got different base stats, you've got different moves, and that's it. And I believe if that's what Pokemon was, and and it was that simple, that we wouldn't have a, a competitive community built around it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but Game Freak uh, did something really, really neat. And they added hidden values that, that you're not able to see uh, and you're never able to see in the game. But there's certain ways you can identify them. Uh, these are called individual values. And you can kind of think of this, um, and Game Freak has commented on this and said, this was our way of instigating what you would think of as genetic variants, which I thought was a really cool way to think about it. Basically, um, in the wild, just because I'm human type and you're human type uh, doesn't mean (laughs) that we're the exact same base stats. Like, you've got way more intellect than I do. Um, and I I, th- I probably have more speed, a little bit more speed. Mm, yeah. It, probably, uh, you're probably, your good look stats are probably a little higher, too. Oh, stop. <laughs> oh, stop. That's just because I use modifiers, <laughs> like hair gel. Hair gel? Like, plus, plus six and stuff like that. Yeah, for all of you people out there that think you have low good looks base stats don't worry there's my clothes different cool clothes really jack up your 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 points yeah Uh, (laughs) and i'm smooth (laughs) talker yeah exactly (laughs) and i do believe there might be one or two listeners out there that already view life as an rpg game and so this is helpful sometimes it's helpful to think of life in rpg ways Uh, (laughs) but um so uh, it, it can get a little involved, so I, I won't spend too much time. Um, but basically, when you catch a Pokemon in the wild, remember our, our six base stats, um, special attack, blah, 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 blah. Um, they'll each come with a randomly generated potential value from 0 to 31. So the game rolls a certain value. It gets applied to that base stat which means um, it, it affects the quality when the Pokemon has reached level 100. Mm-hmm. So your max level, if you don't have a perfect 31 IV, your uh, base stat won't be as good as it should be. Uh, so this means, unfortunately, for people who are trying to play competitively, that if you just go out there you catch a Pokemon that you want to raise to level 100, and you do so, it's actually going to be way, way weaker than it should be. And unfortunately, if you take it online, there's ways that people um, breed. You can now use egg moves and a whole bunch of stuff like that. They breed for these genetically perfect 31 <laughs> Pokemon in all six stats. Uh, and you'll think, oh, like, I've got a Charmander. Like you said, I've got a Charmander. He's got a Charmander. Like, uh, a good even mirror match. And then you'll just get destroyed, and you won't know why. And so 
that that's a little hidden value that they put in there to um, increase the complexity of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second hidden value they put in there is called effort values or EVs. So the other one's IVs. It's unique to each Pokemon. EVs, which I had no idea about for the longest, longest time, are when you fight either a wild Pokemon or training some trainer's Pokemon, you defeat it. Um, it'll add hidden stats to your Pokemon that's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have a Charmander and you defeat a whole bunch of Pidgeys or a whole bunch of Rattatas, uh, you'll notice that one of your stats is growing faster than all the other ones. And that's because depending on the type of Pokemon that you're defeating, it'll have this hidden value that gets added to your Pokemon stats up to a certain point. You defeat 200 Rattatas, <laughs> now your your speed is, your EVs for your speed are maxed. Let's not forget Shinx. Do you remember Shinx? Oh, yeah. That was the attack one, wasn't yep. it? Yep. Yeah. You want to <laughs> raise your attack. You have to defeat. Yeah, and so um, for you more, um, if you're an advanced Pokemon player and you've ever trained uh, a Pokemon and tried to get your EVs maxed, you'll have to go out searching for these specific Pokemon that appear at random and try and defeat a ton of them. And you have to keep track of how many you've defeated. In the most recent generations, they have made it a little bit easier for you. And there's an item that can summon a horde, and it'll be six of one type of Pokemon that gets summoned. Oh, no way. And you can use a move that damages all of them and kill them all in one go, and it goes so much faster. So, so much faster. That's awesome. Uh, also, the value is no longer hidden, I don't believe. What? Really? Eve, you can see your EVs. Uh, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. That'd be crazy. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's a lot easier, and there's resources out there that help you do it. Um, mm-hmm. So EVs, IVs matter um, because you can have um, genetically inferior Pokemon. EVs, I believe, are the stat, the most important stat that makes this game competitive, fun, and have just a huge variety of options. Because EVs allow you to patch weak stats uh, for your Pokemon that you want to play with, or augment already strong stats. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, if you remember Fable. Kind of crappy base stats. Not impressive at all. Um, but what people will do is they'll EV train them and, um, uh, again, augment her defensive stats so she becomes kind of a, a tank. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, by doing this, she can fulfill her role. Um, and I'll get into roles real soon. Um, and be a good Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that is... Um, that's some of the more advanced things. Uh, and again, if you don't... If you didn't look this up, there's really no way to know that. 
Yeah. Which is fine. Which is why I enjoy... It's just another reason to enjoy Pokemon. Um, that you can play it for what it is on the surface. Or you can delve a little deeper and find a whole bunch of really cool mechanics that they added. Mm-hmm. And um, so what makes EVs kind of cool is that um, because you have control over where you want the stats to go, you it creates another kind of mystery. So when I send out my Charmander, yeah. um, Nathan will be thinking, you know, oh, is this Charmander a, a special attack-based Charmander? Or is he like a, a speedy Charmander or like a, a tanky Charmander? Like, you know, you don't know. You don't know. And then you kind of just have to guess by how much damage you do to me. Or by the different ways I destroy your Charmander with my Charmander. Absolutely. That's a really good point. Um, and competitiveness is really all about um, being unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And so, like you mentioned about the speed, if you memorized all the Pokemon's base stats, then you might think, okay, this is a Charmander. This is how fast it goes. Um, I'm going to be moving first with my guy, and I can kill him before he kills me. But if they put all their EVs in the speed, and maybe they have a hidden item that ups their speed, then you can be taken by surprise. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and what kind of items are there, Professor Oak? <laughs> uh, I, let me tell you, uh, <laughs> there are tons, <laughs> absolutely tons. Um, <laughs> there's there's some again. There's there's some that are just way better than others. There's a lot of berries nowadays. Yeah. Like the most recent generations, you can get overwhelmed by the amount of berries there are. And this was not a um, not a mechanic that was in the first generation. Yeah. Uh, this was added maybe two or three. And now every Pokemon can hold one item that does something. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one that most people are aware of are called Leftovers. Yeah. Uh, and they're still one of the best items out there. Every turn, you regain one sixteenth of your maximum health. Um, so this is really good for Pokemon that are out there. They can soak up hits, and they uh, you want them to stay out there for a long time. Mm-hmm. Compared with Pokemon that maybe you want to hit and run, you can use something called Life Orb, which will up your attack 10%. But every time you use an attacking move, it eats away 10% of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's just a whole bunch of different um, items that will assist in whatever role or whatever goal you have for your Pokemon, what mm-hmm. you want it to do. Uh, one of my favorite items that was added um, a while ago are called choice items. Yeah. And they uh, will up one of your stats one level. So if you remember using moves um, like... Actually, I don't even remember what moves only raise your attack by one. Um, oh, uh... No one uses it anymore. Anyway, Swords Dance is a move that raises your attack by two levels. But you have to spend a whole turn and a move slot to use it. So if you hold this item called Choice Band, your attack is automatically upped by one level. Your mm-hmm. opponent doesn't know that, though. So they aren't expecting you to hit so hard. 
However, once you use a move, you can't switch to any of your other four. You're now locked into that move. Yeah. And all the choice items do this. They up one of your stats, whether it be speed, uh, which is really useful, speed, attack, or special attack, but they lock you into a move. Mm-hmm. And um, really quick, I'm not sure if you mentioned it, but um, one level is is a 0.5x modif- or addition to your attack. So when you start off, you do uh, 1.0 times your damage, which is 1 times your damage. And then one level, you would do 1.5 times your damage. And you can go up to 6 levels. So you can do up to 3 times your base damage. Um, and Swords Dance will do, you know, 0.5 times 2. So 1. So uh, you, you end up doing double the damage yeah. that, that you could have done yeah. before. <laughs> and if you get all the way up to, to 6, then it's pretty much GG. Your your opponent has done something wrong if they like <laughs> get that high. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but in, importantly, uh, too, just like you mentioned how you can't see EVs on your opponent, mm-hmm. you also can't see what item they're holding. Yeah. Um, so when you're facing down a Pokemon that you've memorized their base stats, you know what moves they are capable of having. Um, this is something else that has to come into your thought process. Is what item are they holding, and mm-hmm. how can that affect this turn? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and depending on what item, what EVs, what moves they have, um, all of this can be kind of wrapped up into more simplified terminology um, into your Pokemon's role. Mm-hmm. What is it that you want your Pokemon to be doing. Um, and I'll just go through, because I've been talking a lot, uh, so I'll go through these again kind of quickly. Um, but in competitive Pokemon, um, the six versus six Smogon rules, no items, and uh, final destination only. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are three or four really prevalent roles that a Pokemon will take. So there's one that most people who've played RPGs, and it's really fun to to see how different video games have similar characteristics and similar terminology. So if you ever played any kind of MMO, you know the term tank already, Mm -hmm. uh, which is just the guy who soaks up as much damage as he can. Doesn't deal that much, but he can take a ton of hits. Uh, so even in Pokemon, there are tank Pokemon, the wall Pokemon, mm-hmm. where um, if you're afraid of, you don't know what item your opponent has, you don't know what EVs they have, you'd like to learn more uh, without losing one of your guys, you switch in a wall, you switch in a tank, and uh, you get to glean a little more information about your opponent that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, on the opposite side of the spectrum, we've got sweepers. And that is someone who you've been fighting this Pokemon battle for maybe like 20 minutes, wearing their guys down. None of them have died yet, but they're all really, really low. Mm-hmm. 
I'm sending your sweeper. Send in your sweeper, use the move swords dance, up your attack, and your sweeper already has really high attack or special attack, and he's got high base speed. And then one by one, and sometimes when you're watching competitive Pokemon, this can be the most fun part of the battle when you see it coming. One by one, he'll just take out guy after guy after guy after guy. Because they've kind of control the battle up to that point when they're going to finish you off. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, let's use some examples because we're playing a game that a lot of people have played, uh, but I haven't actually been talking about Pokemon that much, uh, at the actual Pokemon. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So if you remember playing Generation 1, two Pokemon, uh, only two Pokemon out of the original 150 have stayed in the OU tier throughout Pokemon's entire history. Wow. And actually, one of them recently briefly dropped off, but he's already right back up there. Mm-hmm. And those two are Gengar. Oh, yeah. Awesome, awesome uh, designed Pokemon. Um, and Starmie. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And these are two Pokemon that would be classified as sweepers or can be classified as sweepers because they've got really high speed and they're both really high special attackers. Mm-hmm. So you send them in at the end of the battle, let them clean up. Yeah, and uh, one of the coolest things to see in a Pokemon battle is when the sweeper's out there and it's like their last Pokemon and you know he's the sweeper so he's he's ready to one-shot kill the, the entire other team. But then he has to make like a like a fifty fifty like mind read for like one of the Pokemon. Like, do I use a fighting move or do I use my like, you know, I don't know, like my water type move? And then he chooses like fighting and he gets it right. And then like the other Pokemon dies and you're like, oh, it's over from here. And then he just like kills him. I don't know. It's like, GG. Super, yeah, it's so GG. exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, and and um, that's where the skill level comes in to this whole franchise is the knowledge of your opponent's Pokemon, um, what you think they have, what what items you think they have, um, what, and what are they going to do. So in my our first um, episode, uh, we I kind of compared Pokemon to chess a little bit. And, right. uh, and I eventually said that, you know, maybe that's not fair to chess. And you're like, oh yeah, Pokemon's a way better game than like, chess. Still true to today. Still true. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of mind games that can happen. Um, so really quickly, two other roles, and then I'll stop talking too much. Um, revenge Killers. Uh, so this is, if you've ever played the single player, and I touched on this before too, uh, you send out your guy. If you defeat the computer's Pokemon... Mm-hmm. And then tells you, okay, your opponent, for some reason, is shouting out the next Pokemon that he wants to use. <laughs> and giving you ample time to take your guy back and send in someone new. And this is, uh, I guess this is easy mode on single player. Yeah. But it's also default. So I don't think I've ever played any other way uh, than knowing exactly who my opponent's going to be sending out. 
So the first time you play a real person, you can get kind of uh, dumbfounded when you defeat their Pokemon. And then before you know it, they've sent something else out and you you didn't get to choose to, what to do next. Mm-hmm. Um, so what they probably sent out was a revenge killer. Uh, and revenge killers, again, have very, very high speed or they'll have a move that's guaranteed to go first. And uh, these are called priority moves. And it's a specific role that's set for if there's a Pokemon on the other team that you just can't deal with um, and is destroying you, you wear them down a certain amount, and then they'll kill one of your Pokemon and you send in your revenge killer to finally clean them up. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you sacrifice one of your Pokemon so your revenge killer can come up? Exactly. Except which, again, uh, brings up a lot of potential for mind games and counterplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, there's uh, something called a wall like breaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I already talked about tanks and walls. So a wall breaker is specifically there to have just an absurd high attack or an absurd high special attack, but they're usually kind of slow. So walls um, are also pretty slow, but if you have a sweeper out, um, they're just not powerful enough to to break down these walls. Uh, So that's a whole different role is is, um, these super hard hitters. Uh, So those are some of the common roles in in Pokemon. Um, so, uh, let's talk about Charmander. Uh, <laughs> Charmander, uh, you've, most people assumed best Pokemon in the game, besides Mewtwo, right. obviously. Right. Uh, surprisingly, not true. Charmander was pretty mediocre uh, for the majority of the time that Pokemon was a game. Oh. Uh, just... Uh, not great base stats, a decent move pool. Other other Pokemon were better choices. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. However, recently, uh, Game Freak has added a new mechanic. And do you know? Do you want to explain a little bit about the new mechanic? You know, uh, about Mega Evolutions. Um. Okay. I, I'm. I'm not sure if I know the details like super well, but basically. Uh, Game Freak added this new thing called Mega Evolutions, and you and one Pokemon in your party is this. This is a Game Freak mechanic, right? You can't equip two, um, two Mega Stones or whatever. Right. Yeah. So it takes their item slot. Right. Um. But like, is it Smogan or is it Game Freak that says you can? Only... Oh, I see. It, it is Game Freak. You're right. Only one per party. Right, and so one Pokemon in your party can have a Mega Evolution Stone, I think is, I don't don't know what it's called, and basically they turn into the next evolution in Digimon from, like, Charizard to, like... I was hoping you'd say that, exactly (laughs) what it is. It's like Charizard to, like, Mega Charizardmon, and then, uh, (laughs) and it's just, like, like, Super Charizard, (laughs) but, um... And then they get, like, extra, like, sometimes they get, like, extra um, passives, or they get, like, extra stats, or different moves. Uh, It kind of depends on the Mega. And so, how it 
kind of plays into the PvP scene is now you you don't know which Pokemon on their team is the Mega Evolver. Right. And so you're kind of like, oh, you know, there's Charizard, but he also has like a, like a Garchomp. Although I think Garchomp's banned because Mega Garchomp is so OP. Is that is that true? That's not true. It is. Uh-huh. It's uh, Mega Gengar is banned. Oh. That. And there's there's now um, a handful of them that are banned. But <laughs> Mega, Mega Garchomp's in there. And unfortunately, he's listed a little lower than regular Garchomp. What? Uh, yeah. Can you imagine that? Um, it is because um, when you Mega Evolve, like you mentioned, the stats change. Mm-hmm. And m- almost... 90% of the time, they're changing in a positive way because you get an extra, I think it's 100 base stats added to your name. But Game Freak also will change the distribution. So Mega Garchomp is actually slower than regular Garchomp. Oh. And he regular Garchomp was at a really good speed tier and knocking even 10 points off made him just not as good anymore crazy I didn't yeah know that. it's kind of weird kind of weird yeah and so uh i want to say mega salamence had like a really cool um is there a mega salamence yeah. yeah yeah he had a really cool passive where like his normal moves became like stab somehow yeah um yeah. i don't know the details what how how did it work for him he was one of the Pokemon where sometimes when a new Pokemon is introduced, mm-hmm. uh, the community doesn't even put it through the testing process. <laughs> they just like know from playing with it in beta that it's not. And this is again, Game Freak doesn't can't balance their game because they just have too much in their boat. Right. And so they created Mega Salamance, and it went. From introduction straight into band <laughs> without even any question, and everyone's just like, "Yeah, this guy's this guy's crazy." And I I saw a um, a game that was someone linked online saying with the title of, "Yeah, this is why Mega Salamence should be banned." He he led his first Pokemon that he threw out was Mega Salamence. The other person mispredicted and mm-hmm. sent out someone that wasn't good against Mega Salamance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mega Sala uses one move, Dragon Dance, increases its attack by one level, one stage, increases its speed by one stage, mm-hmm. and proceeds to wipe out 6 0 or 0 6. Every single one of the opponent's Pokemon, <laughs> which included a Mega Salamance <laughs> on the other team, <laughs> and so that's when people were like, "Okay, uh, let's not." Uh, so his, his new ability was one of the big reasons, as well as his stat distribution. And you were right; it, uh, it was called Aerolate, and it turned normal type moves into flying type. Right, right. And then boosted their attack a little bit, or boosted the moves base attack. Um, so not only was it boosted due to the ability, but Salamance is a flying type, so mm-hmm. it got stabbed after that. And some normal moves have some of the highest um, base attack in the game 
mm-hmm. uh, base attack points just because normal isn't super effective against anything. Right. And so they give it really high base attack. So there was one move, I think most people would know it as return. Yeah, that's the one I know. Yeah. Return or frustration, which the base attack was based on how much your Pokemon loves you. Uh, and uh, in this uh, emulator, you get to set, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but you get to set every single value that you could ever want. So you make Pokemon love you the maximum amount. Love me. <laughs> love me, Salaman. <laughs> and it does. And it proceeds to destroy your opponent. Uh, so, uh, you described it person- perfectly. That's what Megas are nowadays. Um, and so, nowadays in team building, your Mega Pokemon, there's no reason not to use at least one Mega Pokemon. Right. And oftentimes, your entire team is based off of them as a win condition. Um, or at least one of your centralizing Pokemon. Um, so some people are not huge fans of the new mechanic. Uh, I personally think it's neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially if you have a nostalgia factor for people who play all the games, uh, there it is. Charizard, Charmander, uh, really cool Pokemon, never been that good in the competitive scene. With his new Mega Evolutions is also S-Class. And shares that with Clefable. Ooh. His mega Evolution. He actually got two. Really? The only Pokemon. Yeah, depending on which game you bought, Pokemon X or Pokemon Y, he got two different Mega Evolutions. Oh, no way. And no, but no other Pokemon got that. Because he was, I mean, he's their, their flagship Pokemon. Right. Uh, so one of them's a special attacker. One of them is a physical attacker. Oh, sweet. That's awesome. Yeah, Mega Charizard X is uh, S-Class, one of the best Pokemon in the game. So Charmander finally has retained or, or gained its its status as coolest Pokemon <laughs> and best Pokemon. Yeah. I love how you're like, yeah, Mega Charizard X is right up there with Clefable. Clefable. <laughs> like, oh, oh, Clefable. Doesn't, maybe I should have used a different. Yeah. <laughs> I could start with X. So um, let's talk about really quick uh, what Smogon does to balance things. Okay. Um, so, like I mentioned, Salamance got banned right away. Mm-hmm. But um, usually the process is a Pokemon will be introduced, Game Freak will make a new game, a new generation. And a Pokemon will be introduced, a new Mega Evolution, and um, they'll allow the Pokemon to be used in their OU tier or wherever it falls. And let's say Mega Charizard X is getting really strong. You're making your team of six Pokemon, and if you don't take into account that the opponent might have a Charizard X, then you're just going to lose the game. Mm-hmm. So that takes away from some of the uh, what this community strives for, which is variety and competitiveness right. and fun. And it's not fun if there's one Pokemon like Mewtwo 
who's just wrecking your face every game, and you see him every game. Mm-hmm. So eventually there'll be enough outcry that the moderators in this community do a testing process, um, and it's called a suspect test. <laughs> right. And they will create a whole new um, laddering system where people fight each other, but they'll do it without this one Pokemon. And so, let's say it's Charizard X, you can create a team, fight other people, but you can't use Charizard X, and they'll see what happens. Uh, Are things more exciting? Are they the same? Is it stale? Do people like this more? And then their users get to vote and say, hey, I played the suspect ladder. It is a breath of fresh air to not play with Charizard X. Um, I like this change. I'm going to vote ban. And depending on how many people vote ban, it has to be a super majority. Uh, They will remove a Pokemon from their game virtually. They actually bump it up to Uber's. Um, but it's a really, really cool system that um, I really like a lot. I don't know who came up with it, but um, in this democracy way, came up. With democracy, it. <laughs> yeah. yeah and it sounds. I mean, maybe I'm overstating it, but this is democracy at work. It is. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It makes you know political most political uh, systems look like a sham. Um, so that's uh, how uh, this community community can decide um, what is just way too powerful um, and what is just right and not everyone agrees but um, it's a cool cool system nice yeah yeah Charizard X I could be wrong. I think it was suspected once um, a while ago, and people decided it's really, really good. Don't get us wrong. It's one of the best Pokemon out there, but it's not overpowered. Mm. So he stayed. That's the, uh, he's like the Salamence of my, my era, Diamond and Pearl. Did, that he was outrageously good and should have been banned? Or? No, they're just like the top of OU, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, okay. I think now is a great time for, uh, for us, me and you, Nathan, to, to geek out a little bit on Pokemon and just kind of, and kind of, uh, for the, for the viewers who aren't really familiar with the Pokemon, I think, um, it might get a little confusing. We'll try to explain stuff, but I just kind of want to geek out with Nathan for a little bit. Yeah. And talk about some really cool Pokemon and stuff. And so, uh, Let's start off with with the coolness of the mind games that goes into uh, Pokemon battling. And so, um, like, one really cool example is, is say I, I have a Caesar, and Caesar is, like, my favorite sweeper, and uh, I'll get into that in a sec. Um, and so I bring in a Caesar into, as like a, as, like, a revenge killer, right? I bring him in after one of my other Pokemon dies, and I bring him in on a favorable matchup. Mm-hmm. And people think, oh shoot, he's gonna like do uh, fighting power or or bullet punch on me, so I better switch out. But I predict that, and this is like this is this is the story of my life in 
in uh in Pokemon competitive battling. I don't even I don't even think like twice about what I'm gonna do next, but I just assume they're gonna switch out and I do swords dance. So every time every time it's, it's swords dance. Like my 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 username might have been might as well have been I'm gonna swords dance. Because <laughs> like that's what's gonna happen. And so they switch out into like, you know, I don't know, some Pokemon that does better against Caesar. But then I I predicted the I quote unquote predicted the switch, <laughs> um, and so instead of doing like bullet punch which would have, which would have been bad against the switchin, I ended up doing uh, swords dance, and all of a sudden my move got my attack got twice as strong, yeah. and then as a sweeper, like Caesar just became like a lot scarier, and so like Caesar's the coolest. He's not the coolest, but he's so cool. Like. Caesar has Bullet Punch, which is a priority move, so it'll go first. And then it's 40 base attack. Yep. But because of Caesar's uh, passive, I forget what it's called, but it basically. Technician. Technician, yeah. It basically brings up uh, Bullet Punch by a stage, and then it stabs, so it brings it up another stage. And then I have Swords Dance, so it brings it up like two more stages. And basically, Bullet Punch becomes awesome. And it's priority, so. It doesn't matter. Caesar's speed is not that great, but it's going to go first 100% of the time. Yeah. Unless the other person has a priority move as yep. well. Um, Caesar is a great Pokemon. Have you uh, seen his Mega Evolution too? I have not. His Mega Evolution, they really um, kept uh, consistent with his design. Which is pretty cool about Mega Evolutions. They they're not as compared to Digimon, where it just got a little ridiculous mm. and ornate. Um, they're only a little bit different, but Mega Caesar is um, right up beneath S class right now. Um, he's just a really solid Pokemon, and he's one of the Mega Evolutions where his ability is so key to the Pokemon that they mm-hmm. decided to keep it there. So um, his ability doesn't change when you Mega Evolve. It's still Technician. And um, he is a really great... Uh, he fulfills multiple roles because of his priority attack. He can be that Sweeper, like you mentioned, that setup Sweeper. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also got such good defensive stats and such good typing that... Um, He's also what you call a pivot in that you can switch him into almost anything that's not a fire move. Yeah. And uh, and he'll take it just great. You can heal up with Roost. That's one of the popular movesets. So let's go through all four. Swords Dance, because really it's the only move you need to use <laughs> in the game every time. It doesn't matter that it doesn't do damage. You could just Swords Dance up to six. And the other person will probably give up. <laughs> they realize that you don't have a damage move on there. I'm, a, I'm about to, I'm about to sword dance a fourth time where it doesn't do anything. Yeah, <laughs> because that's all I'm about to do, and I expect them to quit. <laughs> Intimidation test. It's a thing. So you've got sword dance, bullet punch, great combo. Um, doesn't matter how slow you are, you put everything into attack, and it's priority. Yeah. Roost which um, recovers 50% of your HP, yep. which you've uh, put everything into attack, and you've also put everything into one of your defense stats or HP. 
So Roost is recovering a lot of HP, and you're already pretty tanky. And then your last move is... Oh, shoot, I just had it. Sword Dance, Bullhunt, Roost. I think it might be U-Turn. I use a, I always use Fighting Power, personally. Or the the Fighting one. Brick Break, maybe? No. Isn't it Fighting Power? I'm not sure. I haven't heard of that move. Like, Hidden Power Fight is not Hidden Power Fight. No, 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 no. It, it was like the, the 120... Um, close Combat? Might have been Close, close Combat. Although, I don't think Caesar learned... Does Good, he learn? Uh, Good job. You passed the test, <laughs> Chris. That was a test. <laughs> yes! Uh, I think Brick Break is uh, his best fighting move that he has as an option. Yeah, it must have been Brick Break. Yeah. Because I, uh, I don't see no fighting power or whatever on... Uh, on his move list. Yeah. Using different types, so using a fighting move is is handy when um, you assume they're going to, since you were talking about switching, that's a, a role called Allure. So you send in a Pokemon, it's fire type. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are pretty sure that they're going to send in a water type uh because of typing. Just because. Uh, however, your fighting type has the move Solar Beam randomly. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, your fire type has the move Solar Beam randomly. Uh, they switch in a water, you nail them for super productive damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really suggest if, um, since, you know, listening to us talk about it is interesting, uh, don't get me wrong. But also, like I mentioned earlier, go to YouTube, look up some of these um, popular YouTubers who do Pokemon Wi-Fi battling, and you'll you'll start to understand the sheer complexity of it and the skill that goes into uh, Pokemon battling and all the information you need to remember, the quick judgment calls you need to make. Uh, and if you're up against Chris and he's sent him in Caesar for the fifth time and you've noticed a pattern because Chris himself doesn't notice patterns. Uh, <laughs> right. But you, fighting Chris, think to yourself, you know, the past four times he's sent in Caesar, he's swords danced. This is the fifth time. I have a feeling he's going to do it again. And instead of switching out your Pokemon you decide to just kill the Caesar Caesar that's in there. Uh, That is what is the mark of a true, great video game player. Not only Pokemon player, but any competitive video game you can think about. Uh, People who are able to adapt their opponent in the given situation are always consistently the people who rise to the top and Mm -hmm. are the best at whatever game they're playing. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, because in, in Pokemon battling, there, there's no mechanics. Like, you don't have to... I mean, mechanics is in, like, yeah, like technical skill. Like, you, yeah. don't, you don't have to, like, press button fast or, like, you know, do any, like, crazy button combos. You just, you know, you just choose, choose a Pokemon or choose a move. And so the skill doesn't come from, you know, being young and fast and strong. Yeah. 
Yeah, the skill comes from the mind. That's a really, really good point. And I guess another way you can compare it to chess is that it is a, a battle of the mind. Um, and uh, it's something that you can pick up at any age. Um, whereas one of the most popular competitive video games right now, League of Legends, people are aging out in their yeah. mid-20s. Yeah. Which is crazy to think think about like that you can be maybe even earlier than that like early 20s um your reflexes just slow down or they just peak when you're so young um and to play a game where you have like 30 to 60 seconds to make up your mind can be a breath of fresh air right yeah and uh yeah i don't know about you but when i play chess i'm a i'm a pretty physical chess player i'm just like move my pawn with like bravado you know just show them yeah you're actually not even thinking two even three moves out you're just trying to like again that intimidation (laughs) your swords dancing while you're playing chess (laughs) you just use such confidence and and force when you move your piece the other person's like i give up i'm sorry i didn't didn't know you were so good at chess (laughs) I have a, I have once in my life pulled out a, a choice banded uh, swords dance Caesar. <laughs> and so, and so, yeah. That's a great example of a, of a joke. And you warned the listeners, like, we're about to get into some, like, technical uh, Pokemon jargon. <laughs> that is a joke that if you don't know Pokemon, you you have no idea what was just said or why it was funny. <laughs> but if you know Pokemon, you know a, a choice locked swords dance Caesar. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So like for because a choice move you can only use the the first move you you do, and so if you do swords dance, you're stuck in swords dance. And so even though a choice band makes my attack one stage higher, like it's dumb because I just swords danced it away. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> So Chris, yes, who is your favorite Pokemon? <sighs> that's so hard. I know. I I love me. Uh, I'm gonna tell you like my my favorite six because because you asked. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I love. Okay, I love me some Flygon. Um, really? Yeah, I love Flygon. I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's good, but I just love that he's he's Dragon Ground. Uh-huh. And so he's immune to electric completely, which is awesome. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons that Garchomp, who is um, more competitive uh, and and better, but a huge reason is his typing. So Flygon has really good typing. Yeah, Dragon Ground is great typing. Yeah, and then uh, and then on top of that, so you're like, oh, you know, you might as well choose Salamence because Salamence has flying, and so flying. Um, Pokemon are completely immune to ground, but Flygon has Levitate as his ability, and then now he's immune to ground as well. He's immune to two types. I forgot that. I totally forgot he has Levitate. He's like the coolest Pokemon ever. And then all I do is uh, Dragon uh, Outrage. The all I do is uh, I do a Choice Bandit Outrage. <laughs> you love being locked in. <laughs> and then that's it. And then he's good to go. Like I I. Uh, I assume sweep after that. Like, uh, 
<laughs> you just leave your monitor. Yeah. <laughs> I, I type GG on the Battle chat. Battle one. <laughs> um, let's see. I love I love Flygon. I love Breloom. Um, yeah. Breloom. Yeah, I do uh, your typical Toxic Orb, Spore, uh, and then Mock Punch. Oh, he has Fighting Power. I swear that's a move. Are you sure this is a move? I swear this is a move. Yeah, but Toxic Orb, because he's immune... His, what does his ability do? It, it makes... Um, um, it makes it so that if you get poisoned, you, instead of losing health, you gain health. It's called Poison Heal. Um, and so by holding on to a Toxic Orb, you poison yourself, and you'll end up being immune to other statuses. Yeah. So try and put you to sleep or burn you. Um, you can't get status. And you regain more health than you would if you had leftovers. Um, so yeah, it's, that's a solid combination. Of this product. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Spore, I think there's two, three Pokemon in the game that can learn it. We talked about it at the very beginning of this episode. 100% chance of putting the enemy to sleep. Yeah, super good. Uh, okay, so Breloom has Dynamic Punch, which was not the move I'm thinking of. The move Are I'm you thinking Focus Punch? Uh, dynamic Punch. Uh, it's... You weren't thinking Focus Punch. Oh no, I was thinking. Uh, I was thinking Superpower. Superpower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and and you're right. Caesar does learn that. Ah, you're right. Um, Superpower is a move where uh, has really high base stats for a move, and so uh, they balance that with the fact that after you use it, you lose one stage in defense and one stage in special defense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you're not a fast dude and you keep using superpower, eventually anything is going to kill you. Yeah. Oh, actually, it says here uh, you lose attack and defense. And I am wrong. Attack and defense, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I remember it. Oh, no, you're thinking of close combat. Yes, I am. Yeah. Also fighting. Thank you. Um, yeah, okay, so Breloom, um, Caesar, uh, Gengar, which yeah. I use him as a special sweeper, and I'm sure, or you already said he's on yours, so I'll let you uh, explain Gengar. I'm sure we use him similarly. Um, it's just so adorable. Forget the base stats and the moves and all those things. He's like a little chubby ghost Pokemon that is his entire body is a face. <laughs> and he's got these weird little cat ears. And uh, yeah, good choice. <laughs> <laughs> and the most, I, I told this to our group of friends recently. I was watching Twitch, the streaming website. And in Japan right now, there's a fighting game yeah. that, that is really similar if, you, if any of you listeners have played the Naruto fighting games. Um, it's kind of a three-dimensional fighting field, and they made a fighting game with Pokemon in it. And it looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Really, really cool. And I didn't get to see anyone use it, but Gengar is one of the characters, and uh, I can see why. He's one of the most popular of the original 150, and it's just a really awesome design. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, okay, so that's four. Uh, by the way, my, my cute Pokemon of choice is Teddy Ursa. I just... He's just so adorable. Aww. Um... Yeah. But he sucks, so I don't use him in battle. Um... So then I have this for uh, Caesar, obviously. Um, and and then my other favorite sweeper is Infernape. Oh. Who's one of the um, rare starters that is actually can be used competitively. Usually, well, I guess it's not that rare. But uh, again, when you think about uh, Charmander, most people assume if you got it from Professor Oak, it's one of the best Pokemon out there. And usually, as it turns out, starter Pokemon aren't that good, but Infernape is an example of a starter Pokemon that um, is pretty good. Yeah. So Infernape has crazy high uh, attack, special attack, and speed, and so he just, like, mixes it up and just... Owns That's something we didn't get into too much, uh, but that's another role where... um, you can attack from both sides of the field and uh, really so someone might send in a wall that's uh, really good on the physical defense side but lacking on special and they'll send it in on your mixed sweeper and uh, you predict that and use a special attack, uh, special type move and break that wall. Yeah. So Flygon, Breloom, Gengar, Cedar, Infernape. Solid, solid choices. Uh, And I, I want to inform you about your choices, since uh, I've touched on this episode and our previous episode. You admitted that you have trouble seeing patterns. Yeah. Uh, But here's a pattern I see with some of your Pokemon. You've chosen several Pokemon that have immunities, Um, and this is important when you're playing competitively, because you do a lot of switching in and out. Mm-hmm. And if you predict correctly, you can switch a Pokemon in to a move that's going to deal zero damage. Um, and you all of a sudden have changed the momentum in your favor. You have a Pokemon out that you want to be out. It didn't take any damage. So satisfying. Next turn. So you, like you mentioned, Flygon, immune to ground and electric. Gengar has Levitate as well. Oh, yeah. Ground, which is good because Gengar is ghost poison, and mm-hmm. ground would be super effective against him otherwise. Uh, and he's a ghost Pokemon, so he's immune to normal type and fighting type. Ooh-hoo. Gengar has three immunities to switch in on. That's crazy. Which is great because he's a really frail glass cannon Pokemon, so uh, you have a lot of opportunities to get him in unscathed. Mm-hmm. And then Caesar is your last one, who um, is immune to poison type attacks because he's half steel. Yeah, steel guy. So whether you knew it or not, you have an excellent, not only stylistic choice in top six Pokemon, but competitive choice. Ooh, I did not know it, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, okay, yeah, so really quick, I just wanted to um, clarify. So how the stats work is attack attack moves, uh, sorry, your attack stat works with physical moves. 
So physical is based off your attack stat. And and those will affect the other Pokemon's defense. And and so the int- exact opposite. So there's special attack um, with special type moves. And those affect their special defense. And so they're completely two different types of attacks and two different types of defenses. And it it affects kind of who you want to bring in and what kind of mix-ups you can do. So, yes. Right. And uh, up until recently, they kept it nice and divided. Uh, and then they had to add in some moves recently just to make it extra confusing that use your... Um, special attack stat, but attack your opponent's defense stat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's only a handful of these kind of moves, uh, but it can be really irritating, uh, especially uh, for people who practice a style. So with all these different roles, there's three main styles of teams, and they're called hyper-offense, stall, and balance. Um, And we've been going for a while... So I'll just comment really quick on Stall, which is a, um, for those of you who have played Magic the Gathering, it think of it as blue control, where certain players, when they play games, um, they're not crazy about going all out and just overwhelming your opponent. They like to, to use their brain and uh, control each and every aspect of the match into their favor. So stall is six Pokemon on your team that are all tanks or all walls. And sometimes you don't even have a single Pokemon that has a good attacking move. Um, Instead, you try and cover all your bases and um, send in, constantly switch in Pokemon that can take a hit and then use a status on your enemy and slowly over the course of a long ass time <laughs> chip down. That's why a lot of people don't like to play against stall. Just like people don't like to play against blue control decks. Um, <laughs> chip down on not only their health but their morale. There's a lot of stall games that'll go for like 40 turns. Yeah, and so long. The, uh, your opponent will lose the patience to continue going um, and just give up. Yeah. Much like Chris's opponents give up when they see his <laughs> swords dancing Caesar. <laughs> um, yeah, and to to make it especially brutal, if you play the actual like uh, cartridge game, like there's no way to, to get past the animations. I mean, there you can get yeah, past some of them. Point, good point. But you have to watch like your your like your leftovers recover your health, and then like stealth rocks like hurt them, and then poison, and then like all these like little things happening. And each, each turn takes forever. <laughs> uh, so the stall uh, style has really taken a beating in the most recent generation because Game Freak just keeps putting out... They're raising the power curve with Ooh. every generation. And um, not only do you have these new moves that can hit different defenses than you would expect, but you've got some Pokemon that are just amazing wall breakers that can 6-0 stall teams just by themselves. Um, So it's a really um, heady type of style. It takes a lot of knowledge and a lot of skill. It can be satisfying. But um, unfortunately, 
uh, it's not as viable as it used to be. Mm. Um, Nathan, what's what's your favorite Pokemon? Uh, my favorite Pokemon. I didn't think of six, um, but my favorite when I played actually played on this emulator, mm-hmm. which I'll just mention really quick. You've already gained from listening, but the emulator, uh, what makes it so much better, I think I mentioned it already, you get to choose everything. Choose stats, choose Pokemon, and you don't have to do any of the raising, so you can make your team in five minutes. I did mention that. Uh, so my favorite Pokemon that I made it my most successful team around was Dragonite. Uh, also from the original 150. Uh, <laughs> and Dragonite was just really cool because I came to the realization that when you're playing against good players, mm-hmm. they'll have done the research and they have the experience to know um, what the most um, popular move pool is. So uh, some Pokemon, you see them, they come out and you're like, oh, this Pokemon, the only way it's good is if it has these four moves. Mm-hmm. Um, so Caesar almost falls into that. You know it's going to have Bullet Punch. You're pretty sure it's going to have Roost and Swords Dance. Um, so it's almost a one-trick pony, mm-hmm. but it does that job really, really good. So it's still competitive. Um, Dragonite is a Pokemon that has a really good move pool, base stats that allow it to attack from both ends, and throw in a choice item, and you really don't know what it's going to do to you. Mm. Um, So I think the one I used was a a mixed attacker, and I think it had extreme speed, which it's one of the few Pokemon that get the move extreme speed, uh, which is basically a a quick attack on steroids. Really low PP. Um, you can only use it eight times. But not only is it a priority move, but it's a double priority move. So it'll go ahead of regular moves and other people's priority moves. Oh, no way. I didn't know that. Yeah, so Extreme Speed is one of the few, few... I think it's one of the only double priority moves. Dang. Even if you had your Caesar out and used Bullet Punch and you were faster, Extreme Speed would go first. So that was my... Plus, his um, aerodynamics just defy even the laws of Pokemon physics. If you look up Dragonite, Mm -hmm. he's got the tiniest little dinky (laughs) wings on the back of him. And he'd have to go faster than hummingbird speeds (laughs) to keep his giant dragon bulk in the air. Uh, But he does it somehow. And he evolves out of a worm. I'm thinking about more reasons why why Dragonite's a cool Pokemon. His first two evolutions look nothing like him. They're like weird little blue worm dragons. And then he evolves a second time, and he's this fat orange blob. He's so cute, too. He is so cute. So that's my favorite Pokemon. I mean, you've, you've never seen like a dragon in real life, so you don't know how they evolve. You're right. I'm stereotyping dragons. <laughs> yeah. And that's wrong of me. <laughs> this, day, this day and age especially, 
I need to be conscious of my <laughs> preconceived dragon notion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Nathan, I got a question. Yeah. So, um, you start off with whatever Pokemon, and I throw in a Tyranitar. And so, what what goes through your head when you guess what kind of Tyranitar is this? Because he could be Focus Sash, Life Orb, Choiced, pretty much anything. It's true. Um, well, I think to myself, I'm playing Chris. So <laughs> keeping that in mind, keeping the inevitable swords dance. In mind. <laughs> um, let's see. Tyranitar, really cool concept for a Pokemon. I think he's Rock Dragon, and he has an ability that increases the power of his bite. Um, however, very cool, decent stats. His rock typing doesn't do him any favors, and he ends up having quite a few weaknesses, and he's not too good. Up until recently. Wait, uh, when... his abilities in Sandstorm? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm absolutely thinking of the wrong Pokemon. How... You're right about everything else. It, the Tyranitar is uh, Rock Dark. Rock Dark, yeah, yeah. What is? They just came out in the newest generation. They came out with a Tyrannosaurus Pokemon. Um, that uh, Tyranaboa. Oh, I don't even remember what its name is. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, you're right. You're right. So Tyranitar is also. Really cool. Way more competitive than the Pokemon I was talking about. <laughs> uh, also doesn't learn Swords Dance, so I would be totally thrown for a loop as to what you were going to do. Uh, he learns Dragon Dance, though, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So I don't know what kind of Dragon Dancer you are, though. Mm. I don't know if you do that every turn. Um, uh, so yeah, Tyrantar is used because he sets weather effects. We didn't have a lot of time to go into weather, um, but when you send in Tyranitar, uh, a sandstorm brews up automatically. He doesn't have to use a move to, to make it happen. And uh, it has two different immediate effects. One is it's going to do damage, small amounts of damage each turn to everyone who's not a ground, rock, or steel type. Pokemon. Mm -hmm. The other is, if you are a rock Pokemon, your special defense gets up 1.5, one stage, basically. Yep. Uh, so, Tyranitar is a deceptively bulky guy. Uh, so, you just asking me all the things that go through my head? Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so how do you know what kind of item I have as a Tyranitar? Like, how do you know it's not a Leftovers or a Life Orbed? I don't. I don't. The first time you send in a Tyranitar, all I can know is what's the most popular set right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. uh, if uh, there's also, he has a Mega Evolution now. Oh, really? So I don't even know if this is your Mega Tyranitar that you're sending out. You're going to Dragon Dance and attempt mm -hmm. a sweep right now. Um, so, yeah, this is, this is a great example of a guy who can 
do multiple things. Um, so that's one thought going through my head. I've seen your team preview, and so I see that you have a, a mole Pokemon called Exadrill. Oh, yeah. And that you also have um, Garchomp on your team. Mm. So I'm thinking that you've made a team around the weather effect sandstorm. So that means you're probably going to be holding the item soft sand, which increases uh, the amount of turns from five to eight uh, of the weather effect. You're doing this because you're going to send in either Garchomp, who's going to be your mega, Mm -hmm. or you're going to send in Exadrill, who has an ability that doubles his speed when there's a sandstorm effect in play. Dang, really? Yep. Oh my gosh. Making, when if you've maxed speed on this Exadrill, making him outspeed virtually every Pokemon <laughs> in the game. Uh, uh, including any choice scarf people that I have. Jeez. Um, so that's a... That's a good example. And this is all things I'm thinking that don't even necessarily affect the immediate turn. Uh, I haven't even started to think about what your move pool is. I'm guessing if you send him out first, that he's going to have Stealth Rock, which is a um, great move to set up early in the, in the game. Mm-hmm. And if you have Stealth Rock and you're holding Soft Sand, you're basically a support Right, uh, your attack isn't going to be maxed with your EVs, um, and you are not going to do that much damage to me. Your goal is to get out here, get stealth, stealth rock up, get sandstorm up, and then you're going to switch out to something else. And so that's what I, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, and so, um, so how do you even know, um? So, okay, yeah, so, like, if, say, I decided I'm, like, a Life Orb Tyranitar instead for some reason, yeah. then then you'll see that I lose health when I attack you. Um, right. And so or that's gain like, it back if you're holding leftovers, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, and so those are, like, really, like, um, what's it called, like, tiny details that you kind of have to, like, take note of, because then if I, all of a sudden, if I don't lose health, then you all you know is I don't have life orb or leftovers. I yeah. could have I could be choiced, so my one of my stats could be different. But I could be locked into the move I just hit you with. Yeah. Or I could have like a focus sash where I can't die in one hit from a hundred percent to zero. I'll get one HP left. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's just all of these like little things you guys or not you guys, but you have to keep track of when you're uh when you're battling. So I don't know. It's super exciting. <laughs> it is, and it's so fun. If if you've been listening to this episode and you uh, found yourself maybe uh, checking out at some points because there's just a lot of fancy jargon going around, again, I recommend you go to YouTube and you listen to these people's channels and they'll verbalize their thoughts as they're going through. That's one of the best things about these YouTube videos is not only is it visually pleasing, you get to see them fighting, but they'll talk about every single thing they're doing what they think their opponent is doing, when they realize one of the most impressive things that I never got the hang of is if you get hit by an attack and you say, 
that did more damage than it normally should do. Yeah. I've been hit by this attack enough in my experience that I know it should do 20% to my guy. It did 30-40%. I think that Chris is holding a choice ban and that he's now forced into this move. And now I can base my decision around that. Mm-hmm. It's it's fascinating. You're right. It's it's really really cool to watch these people play. Um, and uh, one quick uh, thing about your Tyranitar example, mm-hmm. uh, he's been a really good Pokemon for a long time. And what do we know about good Pokemon? Good competitive Pokemon. Good base stats. Um, good typing good ability, good move pool. Tyranitar can be used, but he's really common, so people know a lot about him. Mm-hmm. He can be used as a lure. When you set him in, and they're like, okay, Tyranitar, he has really good uh, physical attack. I'm going to switch out to a wall. He won't be able to do any damage. He has the uh, amazing special move pool. He doesn't have great special attack, but say you put a, um, a choice, uh, choice specs on him, which increases your special attack. Mm-hmm. You dump all your EVs into special attack. You give him a positive special attack nature. And all of a sudden, they send something out and you use Ice Beam or Thunderbolt or Fire Blast, all of which Tyranitar learn. Okay. And, and you... In, in a tournament setting where you have one chance to beat this person or else you're knocked out, lures become so important because no one you don't have time to adapt to your opponent. You sent out a Pokemon that you thought would be safe. They tricked you, and that Pokemon is dead now, and you're probably going to lose the game mm-hmm. and not go to the finals. Um, so he's a really good Pokemon for that reason. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good point. Like the, just kind of like because of the nature of Pokemon battling and how hard it is to, like, breed Pokemon in the actual setting. Um, it's really rare to see like in Hearthstone, you'll see people tournaments where you bring in like three or five decks, and you put and you cycle between them. But in Pokemon, you know, one team is already six, you know, completely customized Pokemon, and so, uh. You don't normally have like, uh, you know, like battling different teams or whatever, or like seeing your team, seeing their team, and then seeing ex- like all the tricks up their sleeve. Because part of the game is, is being surprised. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, they having like the the little off builds, uh, is a yeah, it's a it's a thing. So it's crazy. Yeah, and and just uh really impressive job, whether they intended or not, by Game Freak in creating a, a game that had all the, the correct uh, complexity and then putting it out there and allowing the community um, like Dota that I talked about, uh, allowing the community, like Counter-Strike, to create um, almost a new game. Yeah. Yeah, it is really cool. Um, yes. 
I think um, I think that covers Pokemon pretty well for tonight. Do you have uh, any last words you want to add, Nathan, to the competitive Pokemon world? Um, Tyrantrum. <laughs> Just found it. That is the Pokemon I was getting confused with. He is Pokemon number 697. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I don't mean to, to give me a break or anything. But there's a lot of Pokemon to remember. There's, so. there's a ton. I don't even know all of them. Sorry, I, I mixed I mixed those two up. <laughs> um, battle on is what I say to any Pokemon uh, fans out there. It's it's maybe an exciting time. Like I mentioned, there's that fighting game that hopefully will make its way over to the U.S. pretty soon. Yeah. And also, if you've been online in the past couple of weeks, you've seen the excellently advertised Pokemon Go, I think it's called. Uh, I'm all up on that. Yeah, are you the one who linked that? Uh, no, Parker did. It, it was, again, who knows what it's actually going to be, because I don't, they really didn't show anything about the game in the commercial. But the commercial was really well done. So go to YouTube, look up Pokemon Go, and get hyped. It's not quite the Pokemon MMO that um, I foreshadowed in the last episode that would take over the world (laughs) if they actually made it. But it looks like it has world-taking-over possibility. It does, yeah. Actually, I think John um, linked it. Not that it like super matters, but um, yeah, Pokemon Go. I I'm so excited. I am going to travel the world IRL yeah. <laughs> and defeat the the scrubs of the actual universe. What what a not subtle concept for them to introduce. <laughs> like here you go, gamers. Please leave your house. <laughs> Please, you're giving us all a really bad rap. Wouldn't it be neat? if you went out and explored nature and just as an added bonus, we'll put some fake Pokemon out there. Uh, <laughs> everybody wins. Really? You go outside, you experience RL, but uh, here's your reward. It's a, it's a Charmander. <laughs> it's a Charmander. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, okay. I know I <laughs> have my one friend, um, was uh was mad about my Mass Effect episode because I went Lord of the Rings and was like, oh, we're gonna end, but we're not, but we're not. Um, oh. <laughs> I, I wanted to talk about um and back in the day, they had this thing. It was just like a, a community website, and these people were delegated as gym leaders, quote unquote oh. gym re- leaders, and they had OU Pokemon, um, but they were forced to have five of their six Pokemon be of a specific type. Monotype. Yeah. And so it would be, uh, but then the the challenger doesn't have to be monotype. The challenger could be anything, and he would try to get all eight badges within that website. And so um, I could see myself becoming like a ground type gym leader IRL or something. That would be your favorite, your uh, go to ground. Yeah, ground or type. or water. Water would be sweet. And I'd be like, I we I would like send like a message to the world. I'd be like, come get me. I'm at, I'm in uh I'm in USA noobs. 
And like, <laughs> that would be an appropriate thing. That would be an actual thing that a gym leader would say. They're always like, usually pretty aggressive in their in their statements. They're like, I'm the best. Prepare to be beaten. <laughs> and then they have like three Pokemon. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Are you sure you only want to use three against me? Like, okay. I would use all six. And people would be like, what? He's cheating. <laughs> Brock was like Brock was like, yeah, I, I could only find like a Geodude and an Onyx. Like, <laughs> like, like that's all I got. Uh, really quick fun theory about why that was the case and why a small child just happened to be better at anybody else in this universe. There was a theory that um, Ash was able to connect to Pokemon on like an emotional level way way level like at a prodigy level compared to everyone else mm. and so whereas a lot of trainers and um, gym leaders only had two or three or four Pokemon it's because they could only get along like capture and care for and get along with that many Pokemon and it just got too much for them. Oh. I wouldn't listen or something like that. So you playing this character just happened to be um, a prodigy child that can catch any Pokemon and raise it, uh, when in reality it's a lot more difficult in that universe to do so. Um, so I thought that was a neat little fan theory that they threw out there. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I've never heard that theory. That's awesome. Uh, I know in our Pokemon PVE episode, we'll uh, we'll have some guests who are adept at Pokemon theory, and they'll uh, they'll you know let me know. And uh, I guess those who don't know the theories about what's up in the Pokemon world, but uh, but yeah, uh, there, is there anything else you want to add <laughs> to Pokemon, for competitive Pokemon? Um. <laughs> Let's see. I don't play competitively anymore. Um, I just like to go on, like I mentioned, go on the website, Smogon, go to their forums. They have a really active forum community. Um, I don't even comment, actually. I'm a lurker. Um, but uh, I know after this episode, I'm going to go to YouTube and watch some some videos of people playing because um, it's just really cool. Really cool. Yeah. You I'm should. You as a listener, it. if you stuck through this, uh, you should do that too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm for sure gonna watch it like yeah. right now. So. <laughs> um. So yeah. You're listening to episode 25 of NPC Talk. My name is Inkernot. Here with Nathan. Nathan, thank you so much for coming on to the show tonight. You're welcome. Yes, it was really fun. Um, But for tonight, guys, we are out. Have a good night.